Assalamualaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq Alameen, and you can keep up with us on social media by following and liking our pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. Also use that same username to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast at. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spotify, and just about any other platform you can imagine. You will find us at Radio Islam USA. So subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share. All right. Now, before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsors, uh, Recycle Processes. Thank you very much for your continued support. And we also thank uh, CIGC for their continued support as well. That is the Council of Islamic Organizations of Greater Chicago Land. I am pleased to have joining me in studio Sister Anisha Ismail Jogi. Yeah, assalamualaikum, Brother Tarek. <laughs> Walaikum assalam. Thank you very much for being here. We are here to have a conversation about your Hajj experience. Um, before we do that, though, I just want to tell the listeners a little bit about you. Okay, okay, sounds good. All right. She's grateful to have recently completed the life-changing Hodge journey with her husband, Sajid, mm-hmm. and mom in love. I love that. Not <laughs> mom in law, but mom in love. Uh, as she returns from the pilgrimage, she hopes to keep growing and amplifying her impact to do good. Anisha is a global educator passionate about cultivating rich, inclusive communities where cultural literacy connects humanity. Wonderful. Uh, she is dedicated to the field of education, ensuring that equity and inclusion enable all youth to meet their highest potential to become contributing global citizens. Anisha is a doctoral candidate at the University of Southern California in the Organizational Change and Leadership Program. She is a mother, writer, founder, elected official, globetrotter, and wannabe golfer? <laughs> I want to be golfer. <laughs> What's your handicap? Oh boy, don't even ask. We won't even go there. I just, I'm, I'm like a social golfer. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. Let's get out there. Uh, but you have, obviously you have your own your own clubs. I and- do. My husband is an avid golfer. So, um, so and I'm in a golf league in the summers with my girlfriends in Arlington Heights every Wednesday. So just getting out there in nature is good. Okay, all right. So you are. So you're a real golfer. <laughs> you're a real golfer. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Before we jump into Hodge, um, you're an elected official. I am. Please tell us what what position uh, do you hold? I'm a school board member in the Northwest suburbs, and um, I was elected in 2017. And and really, uh, it, you know, it's been great to be at the table for the youth and for the for the students in my community. Okay, yeah. well, alhamdulillah, that is wonderful uh, to know. I, I knew that, but yeah. I wanted them to know that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's important, uh, and it's so great to see so many. Uh, of our community, our Muslim community, getting involved, civically engaged, sitting at the table, uh, learning about commissions and uh, positions that they can run for locally, nationally, statewide. And so uh, we are intelligent community, and I'm, I'm so excited. It's, it's a great time to, to get involved. It always has been, and so it's, it's uh, inspiring to see others get involved as well. Mm. And so that's my goal, having run and uh, sitting at the table now, is to bring others along with me, especially women mm-hmm. and uh, people of color. Yeah. Oh, can I ask you this? Uh, do you intend on staying with the school board, or have you 
looked at other ways that you feel like you could serve? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Um, local politics, I've really, you know, I have young children, mm -hmm. and so your local politics is very doable for me right now. And I've, I really, it, for me, my intention to serve was to get to know my community, my neighbors, uh, as the Islamic tradition goes. And I had been uh, doing a lot of work outside my community in the greater Chicagoland area and statewide and nationally. And so I'm so happy that I ran for politics because, uh, or ran for local office because now I know my own neighbors and um, get to be part of uh, their journeys as well. So local it is for me. Okay. Right now. Uh, and I think that's a great segue in terms of uh, knowing our neighbors, uh, those around us. Yep. Right. You meet a lot of new neighbors on the Hodge. Yes, you do. You yeah. do. And and before we uh, jump into all this, I, I have to say I'm, I'm so uh, grateful to be here at Radio Islam. And thank you, Brother Tariq, for having me here today and for being patient as wow. after we both, uh, I'm so excited that uh, uh, Imam Tariq and Aisha were at the same Hajj pilgrimage as I was. We were not able to connect, though. Right. Uh, Aisha and I, we were texting back and forth <laughs> and motivating each other and trying to get on the same plane. But uh, I'm so excited that I got to be at the same Hajj that you were at and get to talk to you all about it today. Um, and, uh, of course, when we came back from Hajj, I think life, you jump into life and a lot of exciting things have happened. So finally, it's November, and I am here and very happy. Thank you for having me. Alhamdulillah. It is a blessing and definitely well worth the wait, Sister Anisha. <laughs> so I have to say this. Coming back home, being immersed in the schedules, you know, that we have, you realize, man, I must have really, really wanted to to, to make this Hodge happen. I'm, mm -hmm. you know, you have to really want it because, you know, just just to look how long it's taken us to get here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. Life is busy. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, what was your planning process like? You know, leading up to the Hodge. You know, yep. um, how? When did you make your intention? Yep, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I think it is everything we do is about intention and about making a near. And I think it's beautiful that in Islam, as Muslims, we are required to go for Hajj, right? It's the fifth pillar of our faith. And after having gone through the journey, I can truly see why. But I love that you have to prepare for this journey and you have to, there's a point in time where you make this intention. And I actually made this intention at a, when I went to watch a play. Um, by Ruhina Malik called Mecca Tales. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting in the audience really inspired by this play and just in awe of all the amazing different efforts that go on in, uh, in our community. And I'm sitting there uh, watching Mecca Tales and, and surprised myself to say, wow, I really, I, I knew I had to always go for Hajj, but that was the day when I said, I am going to go for Hajj. And of course, two years rolled by and um, it was my mom in love, actually, my husband's a mom, mm -hmm. uh, my mom, to my mom in love, uh, who had said to me, said to us, hey, I want to go for Hajj. Now, the reason why this is such a remarkable invitation from my mom first, but of course from God at the end of the day, is that my mom has, uh, 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 my mother-in-law is home. She is a home, take care, she takes care of my sister-in-law who has cere cerebral palsy. Mm. And my sister-in-law is has been in bed for 31 years uh, and my mom-in-law has never ever left her side. And so for her sure. to say, 
she doesn't even leave the house for an hour, right? So for, for her to say, to make, to be so brave to say, uh, let's go for Hajj, I want to go for Hajj this year, we could not deny that. Uh, you know, we said, oh my gosh, if you want to go for Hajj, we're going to make it happen. And of course, we have a very young son, he's six years old. Uh, we have four children, and we thought, okay, we'll wait for him to grow. He's a little clingy, my little baby. Mm. And so we said, no, hey, why don't we wait another couple of years? But when she asked, we said, definitely, we're going. So it was a combination of Mecca tales, my mom in love asking us, and us kind of putting this together to go for this trip. So what about Mecca tales? inspired you was, was there a particular moment in it was it the overall theme I think the overall theme it was about it was about a journey that you know actually I have to go back and watch this play because I don't I know that I made that intention that time but it was a journey that these women made going for the Hajj mm-hmm. um, and I think it was just so powerful kind of watching their stories and now I see why people come back and there's so many Hajj gatherings because after we've come back, I really love hearing Hajj stories, mm. uh, and I love sharing Hajj stories. My hu- my husband, who is so a sergeant, who couldn't be here today, uh, who loves, um, well, no, who who's not a big party goer, right? Uh. But all these Hajj gatherings, he loves Hajj parties because he loves <laughs> sharing the Hajj stories and hearing Hajj stories. So yeah, um, I, I think that was part of it. It's the storytelling part of it that really kind of got to me and made it real for me to say. I think it's a power of personal narratives. I think that's what it was for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one of the uh, elders told me. He said, <clears throat> matter of fact, he texted me um, during the Hajj, just out of the blue, and he says. Don't worry about Aisha. She's gonna be. She's she's gonna be all right. Yeah. And like I said, out the blues. I don't like. You know, yeah. he's like, don't worry about. It. She's gonna be all right. He, he says, uh, Allah has something that is just for you. That's just for you. So keep your eyes and keep your heart open to receive that. Yes. Did Did you have that type of moment um, where you felt like there was something that that you would not have gotten in any other space? For sure. so so many moments in Hajj, right? And it's interesting that you got that call just out of the blues, right? Because um, I uh, actually there was a moment, and uh, in my head, uh, I was very much there with my husband. I was very much there with my mother-in-law, and I was very conscious of taking care of my mother-in-law. She was elderly, yeah. and I was very conscious to make sure because you hear stories of people getting really sick at Hajj. So yeah. in a way, I was uh, going in as a of course, for myself, Hajj is an obligation for me, but as a caretaker as well, right? Um, but before I left, a friend of mine said to me, she said, look, I know you're going for Hajj with your mom-in-law, but I want you to remember that this is your Hajj as well and that you have to get everything out. And at first when she said that, I thought, well, I can't be selfish like that, right? But um, but it's true. Every Hajj, even if when I think it's so much spirituality and uh, blessings and taking care of somebody, but at every mo- moment I did get... Um, I think there were some specific moments that I'll talk about that I got, wow, that this is, I kind of took that moment to soak up Hajj just for me. Yeah. Um, there was an evening, we had gone for tawafs before the Hajj had begun, begun right? So after Umrah, uh, when we got to Makkah, and there was an evening, my mom-in-law was very tired, and so my husband had to take her back to the hotel. And, and I said, well, you know what, I'm actually going to make a tawaf by myself. And uh, my husband knew that I, I'm a go get her and I'm strong and I'll be fine. But my mom in love was like, are you sure you're gonna do this by yourself? I'm like, no, no, I'll be totally fine, you guys go. And so um, that day I went for Tawaf by myself and it was really beautiful because um, 
that was the day I got to touch the Kaaba by myself, and I prayed in the Hatim, which is an extension of the Kaaba itself, mm-hmm. um, and I got to pray under the Rahmat, the fountain, yeah. um, and I was able to just really reflect on where I've come from and where am I going and what am I going to be doing with the blessings that Allah has given me, mm-hmm. me, right? right. Um, and the fact that I think it's pretty huge because um, Hajj is... I think when I went in, I was a little skeptical because I am not at the piety level. I, feel, I felt like, am I pious enough for this trip? Is it going to affect me like it's impacted? So many of my friends who've come back have, have said, Hajj is a life-changing moment. Yeah. And I, in my head, I was like, well, how life-changing can this be? You know, I've been, I've been to developing countries. I grew up in a developing country in Africa. You know, I've, I've gone on trips to Guatemala for mission and so forth. Like, how, how life-changing can this really be? And so I, was, I went in pretty skeptical because I was like, uh, I hope I'm pious enough. I hope that uh, God accepts me. Um, and so, I, and, and my, my mom-in-law is very pious. My husband is a beautiful man, and I feel like his piety level is, is above mine. And so I think going, the fact that when you get there, you realize that Hajj is an invitation, right? right? Everybody, everybody, inshallah, will go one day, but the, the fact that it's an invitation then I had to take this responsibility even more, ser- not seriously is not the word, but I was so humbled that I was invited. And I think it really taught me the mercy of God, right? That mercy, that Allah, um, that God meets you at your level, that you don't have to be at this, you know, I, I think when I think of pious people, I have uh, maybe a stereotype in my mind, mm-hmm. um, and that Allah really, that everybody has good in them and that Allah meets you where, where you need to be at that point and kind of elevates you in, in your own spirituality in performing Hajj. So it sounds like that awareness reconciled this, this idea of do I meet the standard of piety, right? Because, because you recognize it's an invitation that you are absolutely supposed to be there true and I'm absolutely supposed to be there why I had to ask myself well why am I here why did God invite me Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's also now that I'm here and I've had the privilege and the honor to be so close to Allah's home what am I going to do with this what am I going to do um, post journey post Hajj Mm -hmm. and, and, and just the blessing of being there. And even when you're there, like who, um, the, all the prayers that you make for others. And the, the, that, that was a, a really big part of my journey. Yeah. And I have to say as well, um, and I guess we're both speaking for our spouses. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, so they're in the conversation as well. <laughs> yes. And Aisha, I, I love Imam Tariq. For, for the record, and I hope uh, um, Aisha hears this, I love Imam Tariq's wife very much. She's an educator and a, and a good friend. And um, at some point I said it, and I'll say it again, is that when Aisha uh, learned that she was going for Hajj, her preparation was a little bit different than mine, yeah. and it was all fast uh, fast and furious in a sense, and, and they, they made it to the finish line and getting to Hajj, but we were texting back and forth, trying to figure out what flights, and can we be on the same flight, so yeah. uh, I, I absolutely love Aisha, so yes. I'm glad you're speaking for her today, yeah. because I feel like she's here. <laughs> so the, um, uh, one of the biggest I guess one of the, it just had so much impact, was uh, uh, Arafat. Yes. The rain. Yes. 
Right. So, uh, folks, if you hadn't heard before, uh, it rained on the uh, on the day of uh, Arafat. Now, I want you to just think about this. This region gets about four inches of rain a year. Four inches of rain. And Illinois, so for those of you Illinois listeners, Chicago, we get about 30, between 35 and 38 inches on average every year. So to be there at a time when mm-hmm. really, I, I mean, actually it's not supposed to be raining. It's kind of a rarity. Yeah. But to have it rain on that day and to see the responses, what was that like? Yeah. Because I don't want, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to take up all the air in the room. Yeah. What was it, what was it like? Oh, uh, so, so one day after this, uh, we have to have uh, Imam Tariq and Aisha over so we could hear your stories too. And uh, I, I can't wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to say, you know, when people ask me what was my favorite time, uh, there was a lot of favorite times, right? Every day was a favorite time, but uh, the day of Arafah was the most impactful day for me, and I will never forget it. Um, I think the way that day rolled out was uh, pretty amazing because, of course, you know, I didn't realize there was a lot of research I did, uh, some research I did when I came back and learned things like in, in Mina, uh, at, on the whole, in the whole world, on the whole globe, in the period of Hajj, that is the most populated uh, few miles, right? I, mm-hmm. I believe it's seven miles of Mina. Yeah. And so that day of Arafah, where almost two and a half million people are making their way to Arafah, all together as, a, as, as, as neighbors, as Muslims, as friends, as strangers, uh, all coming together to go to the day of Arafah. Now, so that day we uh, got up, we... Um, early in the morning like everybody else, and we'll make walking towards. And I was very conscious that uh, my mother-in-law, I, had, I told her, I said, I told my husband, we need to get her a wheelchair. And my mom in love was very much energetic, and she's very energetic, and she's like, oh, no, I'll be fine. But, and we couldn't find a wheelchair that day. So it happened where she started walking, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. We get to Arafah, and she was fine, all smiles, really excited for this journey. Like, she has been so excited for this journey, whereas I've been, like, preparing and, even before we left, I was kind of getting school schedules and childcare and so forth. Um, she was just preparing for Hajj for like the whole year. It seemed like every day she was preparing, right? So she's so excited by the time she gets the day of Arafah. But the day of Arafah, we get there, and uh, just before Zohar, my mom in love starts throwing up, and mm. she's very ill, and she's very sick, and she has severe case of heat exhaustion, having walked that day and so forth. Now, I was very scared about the day of Arafah. Besides my mom, in, you know, my mom being so ill um, that day, I was also scared because I looked at the, the day of Arafah as a test because I'm supposed to, you know, you, you, they say you have these about seven hours to make all these prayers and ask for forgiveness for everything before that has come. And so I felt like, well, for one, am I going to be able to fill the seven hours with prayers? And secondly... Um, I felt like it was a cumulative test and am I going to fail it? Mm. So I was so um, grateful because we went with the Kalam Institute with Sheikh Hussein Kamani and the, the scholars put us at ease and I, I really needed the advice of our spiritual scholars at that at, throughout the whole journey and they said, you know, to think that you go to Arafah and to think that your uh, prayers won't be answered is almost a sin. Like, you know, and that's the mercy of Allah, right? So that's where I was like, 
Allah is so merciful that you're going to go somewhere, you're going to ask him, and he's going to accept your prayers, um, and he's going to listen to you, right? Um, and so that day, I uh, uh, went through, we went through the challenges of my mother-in-law being very sick and all these amazing people taking care of her. But uh, um, just before the Zohar Adhan, um, she threw up. I took her to the bathroom to clean up. We were in the bathroom. She felt much better. And while we were in the bathroom cleaning, uh, cleaning her, I was cleaning her up, um, it started raining and raining and raining and raining. And it, for me, it was um, Sajid and I, Sajid being so scared that his mom is sick, you know, we, um, it was a rain of mercy. And so many people, the women yeah. in the tent that we were in, really felt that the rains of Arafah were coming down from my mother-in-law because she, for 31 years, has been taking care of a child with cerebral palsy, an adult now, and just taking such good care, both my mom and dad-in-law. And so, um, so we come out, and it's raining. And so I, I, I situate her, and I stand in the rain, just so ecstatic and so um, uh, tears rolling down all, you know, when I looked around, there's everybody standing out in the rain. We're soaked to the bone, but the rain is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and it feels, I, I don't know, I've never felt such beautiful rain before. And it, it, it is, a, I felt like it's the rains of heavens, the rains of mercy. And so we start uh, making, you know, making dua, praying for everybody we know. And everybody that we knew popped up in our head. Everybody that had touched my life um, to that point, you know, you, you just kind of think about them and they come up and you, you pray for them. And actually in the preparation that we were talking about earlier is that we had, you know, we had prepared for a year, we've been preparing for Hajj and it really meant a lot to me that we were going, but also it meant a lot to me that it took a lot of people to get, get us to the, get me to this point in my life, right? So, um, so Imam Tariq is probably laughing at me. There's lots of tears going not on in these at such at stories. All, not at all. <laughs> no, because uh, I'll, in, I'll I'll interject for it just uh, really quickly. During this same time, you know, as it, this rain is coming down, uh, as a matter of fact, we were like in a tent, and uh, we're, we're reading, making dua, and then somebody rushes in, and it's raining. You know, and you hear it like the same time. Like what? I get up and I go outside, and we see this rain coming down, and it was it was overwhelming. Yeah. It was probably one of the most uh, I feel like unifying spiritual experiences that I've ever had. Yeah. I mean, I just felt this deep sense of a uh, connection. Um, I think I, I I was into the ugly cry. <laughs> I had no idea where it came from. <laughs> I'm I going was, to the ugly cry right now. <laughs> no, you're good. But I was I was very much just aware of my smallness, mm-hmm. my uh dependence, and um it just felt like you just felt really hyper conscious of of Allah's mercy mm-hmm. in that moment. Yeah. And all these people speaking these different languages th- that you know, I couldn't communicate with them, you know, verbally, but in that moment I mean, it felt like just this just intense connection, mm-hmm. and it was it was really overwhelming. It it was overwhelming, and to this day, I, I feel like that sense of overwhelmingness is a beautiful thing, and that um, I hope it always stays with me. I know it's it's Inshallah. with me today, yeah. and so I'm glad we're not on TV and that this is radio, <laughs> um, and you can't see my eyeliner dripping. But um, but it was. But and before we left, we had asked everybody 
to, on a Google Doc, you know, I, I, I got my um, nerdiness out of me and had a Google Doc and asked people to send me their prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thank had, you for that because we, we uh, imitated, ex- we did the same thing. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Uh, and I thought that those prayers were really humbling because um, having people trust us with their most intimate prayers at times, mm-hmm. I, I felt like on the day of Arfa, I was so grateful for for saying everybody's prayers for on behalf of them, because it uh, brought me to that moment. It uh, also it unified me. It brought me closer to everybody I had known in my life, even those who hadn't sent me prayers, but those prayers we had. So here we have an, and the the I was so uh, grateful because one of my Hajj sisters, who I met on the trip. Uh, took a picture. I didn't know she took a picture of this moment, mm-hmm. but I'm a big picture person. I take pictures of everything. Um, but of course, I was in deep in prayer, and I didn't realize this picture was taken. And later on, when I came back, she sent me this picture, which is uh, Sajid and I standing in the rain, making dua. We had this piece of paper, and uh, the piece of paper, well, it was 10 pages of paper, uh, in font nine that my daughter Samara had printed out for us before we had left with everybody's duas, back-to-back duas. And my mother-in-law had sent us a umbrella because she didn't want us to get sick. So we're standing there under an umbrella making dua for everybody and making dua for our children and making dua for our umma and making dua for gun violence and making dua for the everything, right? Yeah. Um, and it, it was it was pretty... It was. It was overwhelming in a beautiful, beautiful way. And it really made us feel like a dot in the ocean, you know, as far as being part of this beautiful Mm. world and this beautiful global community and the beautiful Ummah that we live in. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, our audience is, um, you're probably being shortchanged by not being able to see this. (laughs) Really, I mean, well, I I just, I I pray that uh, the sincerity and the the depth of emotion uh, through this this reflection, I I pray you're hearing it, Um, right? I I pray it reaches you and and you feel feel that. you said and you I pray that I'm clear uh, over the tears <laughs> here, that you could uh, actually understand what I'm saying. No. So you, Imam Tariq is very gracious. No, sis, you, you're good. <laughs> so you prepared for a year. Yes. All right. Now, was there anything when you actually arrived that, like, man, okay, this was not in my preparation? Right. <laughs> you know, I, I love the preparation part of it because for somebody like me who – is still um, skeptical of my piety, right? It really helped me catch up, right? It helped me get to where I needed to be, and it helped me really understand the gravity of this journey I was going on. You know, I love traveling. I'm a global educator. I, I believe big in uh, understanding other cultures by traveling, right? Um, and bringing it back home and bringing it back home to our youth and our community. So, but this tra- this trip is a little bit different because it's a journey to get close to my creator. I'm going for one purpose and one purpose alone, and I'm going to get close to my creator. Um, And so I I love the the preparation of it because um, there were such, there were a lot of big ticket items that were taken care of because when you go for Hajj, it is not only a spiritual preparedness, but also a mental preparedness, but also preparing to say that we went on this journey and we didn't come back, that we prepare for our children in a sense. So 
And I, I like that. And of course, nowadays, travel is more safe than when they did it hundreds of years ago oh, when sure. they were traveling on camelback. I can't even imagine because Hajj, people say, you know, when you go, they always say, uh, have a safe travel, you know, tr- uh, make, may Allah make it easy for you. Yes. And now I understand why they say, <laughs> may, make, may Allah make it easy for you. Because I'm like, well, you travel, it's easy. You stay in these beautiful hotels. You have these buffets. Like, how hard can this be? But it's hard because you're having this conversation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Mm-hmm. But in going... Um, you also, I, uh, in golf terms, to make my husband happy, I always say Hajj. <laughs> right, brother said. <laughs> Hajj is all about, it's, it's preparing for the back nine of your life. So it, there's a lot of emotion that goes into, like okay, that. what's next? Mm. And what's next for my children? And what's next for my parents and for, for our families and my loved ones and my community, and my friends and everybody? And so there's a couple of things. We ask everybody for forgiveness, right? We right. Uh, Everybody, especially elders and uh, you can tell I'm an emotional person. So those conversations with my elders was, even if I didn't know the elder very, very well, just calling to say goodbye and asking for forgiveness was a really big, big deal for me. Yeah. So I, I called my elders in England and Africa and all over the place, um, the global community that we're, where we live in. So that, that was one thing. And then also... Another thing is that we had been planning to do our will and estate planning for a really long time, and we had never quite got into it, and we wanted to do it by Islamic uh, uh, law, right? By right. Islamic uh, kind of guidelines. And so finally, we got around to um, working on our will and doing our will, and working with a Muslim lawyer to do this, Sister, uh, Sister Mina. So we did that, and so that was big, because in the will, you have to kind of write down things like, if something happened to you, who is going to take care of your children? And of course, this is not just for the Hajj, but just in life in general. Yeah. So those were emotional decisions for me, as to if something happens, who is going to take care of my children? And, and so my husband would be like, okay, just put a name down, and let's move on. <laughs> no tears for this, but, uh, but, and just be blessed. And he was so right. Just be blessed that we know people that we can put down on that paper, that yeah. we have loved ones that we can put down on that piece of paper. And so, of course, um, uh, and your siblings, your immediate family, uh, they've always, you know, people always say family is everything, but in preparing for Hajj, really, I realized how family is everything. You know, I love, love my friends, and they're very close to me, uh, but family is everything. And your friends are, are, are a big part of your life and your community. So we did that. And the third part was reconciling any conflicts or any... Uh, disagreements that you've had. Now we live in a beautiful community and there's lots of, when there's relationships, there's always going to be areas of conflict, whether you like it or not, that's just how life is. So uh, there were three phone calls I made that that were difficult phone calls um, to ask for forgiveness and to to work on reconciliation, and conversations that I should have had maybe 10 years ago that I wasn't, brave enough maybe to have those so so before i left i had those difficult conversations that had been waiting a decade to to have had so i was uh, hajj gives you the courage and the, um not the instant maturity but the wisdom to to kind of um reconcile and start on a new page as you're going so it was very um cathartic the whole preparation piece of it and of course we went to a lot of uh, spiritual lectures. Um, Sheikh Hussein Sattar from University of Chicago does a full one-day um, Hajj kind of seminar, and I was like, "Oh my God, how am I going to do this for eight hours?" <laughs> but we did it, and it was very interesting. And then we had weekly webinars that we did with Al- with Kalam Institute. 
which were really a lot. And then when we went for Hajj, uh, I have never been in a situation where for two weeks straight, I have gotten learned so much from my faith because of the scholars that I went with. So Alhamdulillah. 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 Now, what was it like for your your family while you were gone? So uh, I'm so blessed. So while we were gone, um, we made sure, and uh, as Islamic uh, guidelines say, that when you go, you want to make sure that the people who take care of your children are well looked after and that they're comfortable. So my mother came, my, my beautiful mother, uh, took care of our children and my sister, yeah. who made it really easy for me, who lives in San Francisco and has a two-year-old baby herself. Mm. Uh, when I said we were going for Hajj, um, she didn't even wait for me to ask, right? Wow. Yeah. MashaAllah. So um, she said, oh, well, you're going for Hajj and I'm going to come over. So Yeah. Talk about a beautiful family. Really, really. And and listening to you talk about your your mom and love. Uh, yeah, just just really wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, I think yeah. it's the Chicago air today. It's raining here, people. That's what it's gonna do. <laughs> so my sister comes over. My sister is ten years younger than I am. She's um, she's a beautiful person and very fun. So how was it for my family? Mm-hmm. I think my kids were just so excited to be with their aunt and spoiled by their grandma and. They had so much fun because my sister had activities planned. She w- was working while she was here, uh, but on top of working, she took care of the kids and had ex- fun excursions for them every day. So um, I did not worry about them at all. I was actually uh, just wanted to be sure that my mom and my sister and my nephew were safe in our home while we were gone. Mm. So, so we both had sis- sisters that played a part in looking after uh, our children. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, one of um, Wells, they they, they kind of took turns. I mean, in my, my you know my, my daughter's a bit older, yep. so um, it, it's not the the same level of uh, of observation. <laughs> well, maybe it is <laughs> as they get older. Right. But but um, but the overall the response because the family knew that you all were planning to to yep. go on the Hodge. They had they had well enough notice, yes. right? Were they, uh, were they surprised when you made the attention and said, you know, we're going to start making actual plans? Yeah, no, I think they were really excited. And um, I, I think it's so beautiful that our youth uh, learn so much from the community around us and have a, such a strong identity of being Muslims. Mm-hmm. And so they knew that this is a pivotal part of our faith. And so no, they were very excited. I have to say my six year old, I was very worried about him because he's our a baby of our family, so he's very clingy. So he was a little worried, but he did he did great. Uh, but I, I'm very grateful to my friends as well because um, I had to from Mecca or Medina. Sometimes I had to. I, I realized from the tone of my sister's voice that my son was really missing us. Yeah. So I sent some texts to some friends, and before you knew it, there were friends on a rotating basis picking up my son for play dates. Oh. Um, so I'm, I'm so grateful. So so no, it takes a village. And while we were at, at Hajj, um, the, the village here kind of took care of things. Uh, and I have to tell you a story, it, not not just the village, not family and friends, but I have to tell you, our minivan, while we're gone, of course things like this happen, we have a, a minivan doesn't usually break, the, but our car tire went flat. Mm. And so 
the village extends to your garage, your, your mechanic down the road. <laughs> okay. So I'm in Medina, and my sister was like, of course, needs the car to get everybody to everywhere they need to go. We have four children. Um, and so the mechanic, I texted him, and I actually called him from Medina. Mm. And I said, hey, you know, um, the, the car needs a part. And he's like, he said, no problem. He said, don't worry about anything. He came to our house, fixed our car. Did, my sister asked, my sister said, how much? And the guy said, no, 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 don't worry. Your sister's on pilgrimage. And she, he didn't even take any money. And he's not Muslim. Um, and Victor wow. took care of our car. And I'm very grateful to Victor as well. So that's going to be your mechanic forever. <laughs> <laughs> he has been my mechanic forever. Uh, and now, uh, I, yes, uh, I think uh, people have found out about I think it, it kind of grew his business a little bit because I talked about it on social <laughs> I'm <sure>. media. <laughs> but Victor what is a- awesome. So, no, the village is everybody. And yeah. um, my Muslim friends and my non-Muslim friends, I have to say, um, before I left, I even called. I serve on a couple boards that are non-Muslim boards, and Father Corey Bros is a Catholic yeah. uh, priest uh, and um, a father. Sorry. And before I left, I even called him to say, "Hey, I'm going for Hajj. Please forgive me. I, s- I serve on his board. And when you're on boards, you never know what you're saying, and uh, you want to be sure that the people you interact with, uh, you want to make sure that if if you've ever said anything to hurt anybody, that that they please forgive you." And so I told, I even told him, I said, Father Corey, you know, you're a Catholic father, but I feel like you're my imam. So, um, <laughs> so he sent me with a lot of prayers as well. So it was, it's pretty beautiful how many people um, kind of go with you to your Hajj. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what was done? What did the, what did the family? What did the community do upon your return? How did they represent their, you know, just, just the love? Yeah. You know, you made it back. Yeah. I mean, because, and I have to say this before you answer, uh, because, you know, we have uh, non-Muslim members of the Radio Islam family. Yeah. Look, folks, when you uh, embark on this pilgrimage, um, all the things that you just heard uh, Sister Anisha mentioning about, you know, doing your will and, you know, taking care of those types of uh, matters, that's very real. Everybody does not come back. And as a matter of fact, some people go there with the intention um or, or the hope, especially those, you know, who they may yeah. be terminal uh, or those who are really advanced in age, hoping that that will be their final resting place. Yep. So to return, it really is a, um, you know, it's a mercy. It, it is. really is. So anyway, so how did how did the community, how did the family? Yeah, were, uh, it, yeah know, it was, you know, you. I had heard when other folks had other friends had gone to Hajj, when they come back, there's many Hajj gatherings and I'd call them Hajj parties and I, and I was like, wow, that's so fun. And I, I'm a party person, so I, I get it. I, so, but I didn't understand quite the why a hajj party. I wasn't quite getting that. So then when we came back and our calendar till December, till the middle of December, every Saturday, we have friends inviting us over for intimate dinners or larger gatherings for these hajj gatherings. Um, I'm sorry. It, say that again. From now <laughs> Through December? Yeah, like, uh, so my husband was very confused because he was wondering why we don't have a Saturday free till December. <laughs> um, so, yeah, when we came, uh, so two weeks after we got back from Hajj, which was August 17th, yeah. we came back oh, August okay. 17th, uh, till December 14th, our calendar is pretty packed, right? So it's with these Hajj gatherings, with these beautiful Hajj gatherings. And we are so um, humbled by people inviting us for meals to share, to share these uh, meals to share, so that we can 
chat about Hajj and talk about our experience, but really we also want to hear about other people's Hajj experiences. And mosques have had gatherings for people coming back from Hajj. Um, and so now I get it. Now I get this, uh, this sharing of stories. And for me, it's been so important because it's been reliving the moment and for Sajid as well, like to relive and to talk about and, and because things get diluted and we'll, we'll t I'm sure we'll talk about that in a second. But the, those feelings, I feel like getting, getting diluted by the day, right? So then to have even this conversation with you, Imam Tariq on Radio Islam, is reliving your hajj. And that, that I would say one of the biggest moments of my life, right? So, mm -hmm. um, and, and an obligation to me as, an, as a Muslim. So it's, it's, a, hu it's a, a, uh, a really serious, um, not serious in a serious way, but a, a, a pivotal moment. So anyway, so how, I'm, I'm just so grateful for everybody. But I have to say, when I came back, um, the, one of the reasons I couldn't do the Radio Islam interview straight away is I, uh, I finished my Hajj. Uh, it was the last two days in Medina before we're coming back home. Um, and I got very, very sick. So first my mother-in-law got sick, my, then my husband got sick, and they both got on antibiotics. And so by the time they got to Chicago, they were feeling a little bit better. But I got sick the very last day, so I was able to hold it together. Mm. Um, so I didn't miss any anything while I was there, but I was very sick. So that 10-hour plane ride back, I was <laughs> I was very, very sick on the plane. And so when I got it's to the- It's a terrible place to be sick, <laughs> on the plane. Mm. On the plane at the beautiful Turkish airport in Istanbul. Um, but my children and my mother and my, uh, everybody wanted to come to the airport. And we actually told them, we said, please don't come to the airport. Actually, <laughs> we'd like you to evacuate the house <laughs> because we're coming in with a lot of germs. And I, <laughs> I didn't want to make my two-year-old nephew sick because he was flying back to San Francisco, San Francisco the next day. So we said, could you actually go to mom's house to stay and evacuate our house so you don't get in touch with our germs and let us shower and clean up? and come the next day, so after my nephew leaves. So we were very sick. And so while I was sick, um, that, that reception of people that, it took me about three weeks to get better. Mm -hmm. uh, I was in bed. I was, three weeks? Yeah, I was, oh, I was a real weakling. So um, uh, yeah, a two and a half solid weeks, three weeks, yep. But it was good that, I, so anyway, while I was sick, my friends bringing me meals, taking care of my kids, that all continues. And my mother, who had already taken care of my kids for two weeks, continued to make me soup when I got back to, to get me back into good health. Mm. Um, uh, my husband was on the golf course a week later, so he was doing <laughs> fine. Um, but no, it was, a, it was a beautiful reception, and it's been so good to talk to everybody about Hajj um, after we've come back. Man, that that is beautiful. Yeah. You've got a full calendar, <laughs> a full calendar. <laughs> all the way up into December. Yes, so that it, is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. No, it, that it definitely is. means that you know you had support, you had a lot of love uh, with you. Uh, yeah, that's that is wonderful. So, I don't know. Maybe for you, it's a little bit different because time is going by, right? But it seems like you're still very much in touch with. You know the experience, I guess, because you're getting, you having all these different opportunities to to reflect on it. Yeah, uh, Imam Tariq, you know, in, in one way, it, it is, uh, it is good that we get to talk about it, and it's really important because, uh, like I said, I feel like every day the the intensity is diluting. Okay. And yeah. so when I came back, the very first day, it was very strange because I felt uh, homesick <laughs> to a place that uh, is Makkah. 
Are you which, homesick for Mecca? Uh, homesick for Mecca, okay. in a sense, right? I was, yeah. I was really uh, missing being in Mecca, being by the Kaaba, and being in Medina, and being close to the Prophet. And so did Sajid. Like, we're very teary-eyed, and we still are, but we're uh, very teary-eyed when we came back because we really wanted to be there again. And we still want to be there. We're actually, inshallah, uh, we went to Mecca for the first time in our lives. We're in our mid-40s and had never gone for Umrah either before. And so now we see the importance um, that uh, for if, we can, uh, if folks can afford it, to go for the Umrah. And so we're planning, inshallah, inshallah, before my daughter goes for college. Uh, she's a junior now. So next December, we're planning to go to take the family for Umrah because we miss it so much as well. Mm. And we want to show the kids that when you pray, this is where you're praying. To. Because for the first time in my life, I'm at the Kaaba and I'm like, this is where I've been praying to. Now it becomes all real. Yeah. And it helps me, it helped me um, connect to my legacy in a way that nothing else has, right? I was there walking in the footsteps of the prophets walking the footsteps of uh, um, the the women, uh, the, you know, even part of the Hajj journey is uh, Abraham's wife, right? And yeah, so in Hagar's yeah. wife. And so the as, as a pro-woman person, all about women empowerment, it is such an empowering uh, place for women and men um, to go to. So, so yeah, it, it was, uh, I, I do miss it. And it is getting diluted in, in many ways. And so I learned something from my scholars uh, from Sheikh Hussein Kamani, who said, you know, when you go back, I, I feel really human because I thought this comes naturally to people as far as your iman, right, your mm -hmm. faith. And what it's making, what he said is when you go back, you have to keep replenishing it. You have to keep, just like I am in a doctoral program now because I want to learn about becoming a better leader, the same way to become stronger in my faith, I have to continue to learn, continue to have contact with my faith, continue to be at the masjid, continue to have conversations uh, with fellow people of faith, of mm. all faith. Yeah. Um, so I'm learning that it just doesn't come naturally. I have to, I have to work at it. And, and so it is getting diluted every day. And I, I'm, I'm a little bit, not scared, scared in a good way because it's making me move to motivate myself to, to be in touch with my faith on a daily basis. Yeah. Well, it definitely is an exercise. Well, I, I will attest to that. It is an exercise. Um, I appreciate you making the time to be here. Um, and maybe, maybe you know, inshallah, in the very near future, uh, the four of us will be able to sit down. Yes, yes. You know, and, and, and trade some of those stories and, and not have to worry about uh, crying on air. We can just... <laughs> We, we can just cry with the security that we'll all be crying. We'll, we'll put it on Facebook Live. It'll be a dinner on Facebook Live with the Alameens and the Patel Jogi family. Uh, no, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, and thank you for uh, understanding. Uh, and um, I am so on. I, I'm so sad because I, I have to tell you this last story. Sure. Because I, the day I was very, very sick in Medina, I didn't. I was in bed, too, super sick. I'm so sad because Aisha, mm. Imam Tariq's wife. Text. I missed that text because she had texted me to say, "Hey, I'm outside your hotel yes, and yes. a bus leaving, and I would love to see you." And I've been, we've been trying to see each other the whole time. So I have to say, no regrets about Hajj. No, no regrets at all. No. But the one thing I was sad, I didn't get to hug my sister uh, in the holiest of places because I was super, super sick. So we have to, inshallah, go back together again. Inshallah, <laughs> inshallah. Uh, we're actually planning a 2021. Um, 
uh, Hodge okay. delegation. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's what we're trying to get in the works now because Inshallah. people have, you know, we came back and we're talking about it, and we realize that there are a lot of folks who have not gone, who have not uh, made made Umrah, and yes. certainly have not made Hajj, and that was that was us as well. This yep. was our first time, yep. you know, there. Period, and uh, so we got to go back. We got to go back, and I and yeah. I. Um, so I, I still haven't gotten to hug my, my sister Aisha, so you have to give her a hug for me. I will. But I think part of so. this sharing the stories, what you guys have been doing, what you and Aisha are doing, uh, and us, is that part of, uh, and why Sajid all of a sudden loves to go to parties, is <laughs> because they're hutch parties, is motivating others because to go on this life-changing experience, right? Mm-hmm. And I, through my doctoral program, we learn about amazing leaders. And like if you talk about Steve Jobs or Jeff, any of these uh, big leaders, uh, sometimes maybe, uh, I'm not sure, amazing is all the word, but the, these leaders who have really made it, they always take these uh, trips to kind of get in touch with themselves, right? Yeah. Or, you know, they go swim with the dolphins or meet with the Dalai Lama or whatever it may be. And, and not everybody does it, but the fact that our faith requires this of us, uh, and it's, uh, Saj also calls it the biggest like self-help trip in a sense, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's amazing, right? So there's so many things about faith, practices, and traditions. And uh, and uh, as a Muslim, um, there's so much practicality in our faith uh, and so much good in all faith. And so I am just so blessed to have gone on this journey and to have get to share this with you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Radio Islam family, we thank you all for joining us for another edition of Radio Islam. Our guest has been Sister Anisha Ismail Jogi, uh, and we are continually grateful, uh, as I said once again, for her taking the time to share her experience with us. Remember to subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get yours at, at Radio Islam USA, that's the username, and uh, subscribe, rate, review, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Radio Islam USA. All right, folks, that is it. Uh, I'm your host and producer, Tariq el our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and or guest are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. With that, we're going to leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.